Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of the Mickey Blog Podcast. I'm your host, Jared, alongside Alyssa Antonelli, once again, uh, one of my trusty co-hosts on this show, typically my usual co-host. However, we have had some episodes intertwined every once in a while with other amazing team members here at Mickey Blog, such as the amazing David Mumpower, uh, who has been on a recent episode, plans to be on more episodes. So, this podcast is just going to have lots of guests, lots of co-hosts who are are smarter than Jared, basically. That's the plan. I'm just going to be here, and I'm going to bring on people to make me look better. So it's Alyssa's turn. Uh, anyways, welcome to another edition. We're so excited, and I'm very excited to have Alyssa back with us. So before we jump into today's episode, before we talk about what we're talking about, uh, I want to mention that this episode and every episode of the Mickey Bob podcast is brought to you by Mickey Travels. We'll talk more about Mickey Travels later on in the episode. But the reason I like to mention at the beginning, especially when Alyssa's on the show, is because Alyssa Antonelli is the co-owner of Mickey Travels. So uh, it's always nice to have her on because she is an absolute expert of planning um, Disney vacations. Um, so regardless, before we jump into the episode, Alyssa, how are you doing? How, how is, uh, how is your holiday season? We got through new years. We got through Christmas. It's, it's the, the Christmas tree is officially gone from magic kingdom. It's a sad time. We got to wait a while now to get back into our favorite time of year. I'm telling you, well, first of all, great to be back. Um, happy new year to you, Jared, <laughs> and to everybody watching and listening. Um, big, big thank you to David Mumpower. Um, and really, honestly, like he's not just a guest host. He's part of the Mickey Blood family, for sure. Way more knowledgeable than anything I got going on up here. So <laughs> love having him. Um, and uh, yeah, so I love the fact that there's going to be a lot of really exciting um, episodes, some exciting guests, exciting co-hosts. Uh, it's all good, but I'm thrilled to be here sitting with you today. Um, the holidays were great. I'm not really sure where they went. It's like, poof, gone. Yeah. Um, but it was wonderful. We have great memories. Um, but I'm not going to lie to you. Ready for 2024. Bring it. Yeah, I, I feel very similarly. You know, it, it, it took a it took like a week there. First week of January it took some adjusting of being like, oh, is it really all over? That went so fast. And, you know, um, but I feel very re-energized and excited about this year. Um, and and I think Mickey Boggs due to have a very big year. And um, I'm just so excited to see where we take this thing, not just the podcast, but our YouTube channel, our social medias continue to grow. The blog continues to grow, uh, you know, and obviously our bond with Mickey Travels is as strong as ever. So we're we're very excited to see where we take things this year. And, and it's, it, Alyssa will be on the show alongside many, many more episodes to come. So uh, very excited about that it's as well. Time. So uh, so let's jump right in because today we are grabbing our paintbrushes and uh, heading to paint. They, That's uh, you know, clever, Jared. Clever. Uh, I, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Okay, uh, did you, were you up all night thinking about that one? <laughs> I didn't sleep. I stared at the ceiling. I was like, you got to nail this intro. This is a serious, this is a serious thing. It was a good um, one. And, uh, and it, it was a solid B minus performance, but regardless, we're going to, we're going to talk about the festival of the arts because the festival of the arts literally starts as this episode comes out on January 12th, 
2024. So very excited to have this amazing Epcot Festival back. In many people's mind, they believe it uh, to be the most underrated festival. Lots of people love this festival. Um, and, you know, what I love about this festival is that uh, it's kind of short and sweet, which I actually kind of prefer in festivals. It's a huge reason why I like Festival of the Holidays, uh, because... You know, food and wine festival kind of loses its lackluster when it's seven months long <laughs> or what that's how it feels like. But so uh, it's just something that it, it's short and sweet, which basically Disney is like, hey, you better come because it's not on for the longest time. So we're going to talk all about the 2024 Festival of the Arts, what to be excited for, uh, why you should visit. And, and if you aren't going to visit the festival this year, why you should visit in the future, um, you know, because I'll be honest. Going to Festival of the Arts was not a huge part of my, you know, going to Disney experience for quite a long time. Um, but it is now. It's something I, I very much so enjoy and and I'm and I'm very excited about, you know, sort of talking about it. So to to kick things off, I want to mention that the 2024 Festival of the Arts kicks off January 12th, obviously, and ends February 19th. So as I mentioned, sort of a shorter festival. We're talking five weeks in total. Um, and the really the the highlights of this festival uh, are you know the the amazing artwork, but lots of people love the food, love the stands, the booths are really cool. There is a very very hyped up popcorn bucket this year, which we'll talk about. Uh, there's a lot of like free experiences to do, um, such as merch stops, scavenger hunts, food strolls, um, you know, even art classes, things of that nature, which is kind of cool. Uh, but frankly, the best part of this festival in my mind is simply walking around and admiring some of the greatest artists in the world gathering here in Epcot to show you their incredible Disney pieces of art. Um, everything from chalk art to, you know, uh, you know, a giant booth of Star Wars art, which I know Alyssa stops at every year. She just loves the Star Wars booth. I like I have no money left after <laughs> I leave that booth. Yeah, well, I know. I know. It, I know it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Alyssa, right off the bat, what's your favorite part of this festival? Um, I know it hasn't been around nearly as long as some of the other festivals, but you know, what are your, what are your favorite parts of, of this festival? Well, I have to say, Jared, you, you hit on a couple things that are really very, very accurate. It's a, it's a shorter festival, which I don't mind either because I feel like when it's a little shorter, you appreciate it. Maybe just a little bit more. Yeah. Food and wine lasts. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry for all you food and wine lovers out there. Um, <laughs> it's a little long. Um, as we always joke and say, it's hard when it's 120 degrees outside to eat hot soup and mulled cider. Okay, but let's get off of, let's not, let's not bash food and wine. I love Festival of the Arts. I completely agree with you. It's an underrated festival. Um, but I have to say, I think the most unique factor uh, yes, great food, great drinks, all that good stuff that you really get at most of the festivals. Um, the artists. Um, I love, there are so many booths all around the world showcase, um, sprinkled in all around Epcot, um, with just wonderful art. The cool thing about it is, Jared, I'm sure you can agree, is there's very expensive art and then there's art that's very affordable. Um, you yeah. know, so it's not like, you know, you could spend, couple thousand dollars on a piece of art there. And you could also spend $19.99 on a, a matted print. Um, so I also think it's great because you actually have an opportunity many times to speak to the artist. And I think that's a really unique opportunity. Um, I know that 
in the past. Um, my, just to speak, my son a couple of years ago bought a couple pieces of marble art and the guy who, um, you know, drew, who created this beautiful art, you know, he obviously signed the back, got to talk to him, told him about his history of how he got into this. So it's, it's very um, informative. And I just love the fact that, you know, you can, you really just become immersed in this, in their world. Um, I have to say, lastly, um, I love all the Disney art, the pieces that I just want to buy them all and hang all over my house. Um, but it's just great. Um, I think uh, it's just, a, like you said, it's a very underrated um, festival. It is not very long. So make sure you get there because it'll be gone before you know it. Yeah, I mean, you know, so it's no secret that, as I mentioned earlier, this festival is not exactly uh, the uh, the oldest of festivals. You know, the Food and Wine Festival has gone back quite a long time uh, from when it first started in Epcot, where Festival of the Arts, it first, you know, came about in 2017. And at that time, they really only held the festival that first year. A lot of people don't know this. In 2017, it would only really hold from Friday through like Monday. It would be almost like a weekend event. Um, and after there was so much success and so much popularity for it, they brought it back uh, seven days a week the next year, just like you know any other festival. And now it's kind of like a mainstay. Now it's something that people heavily look forward to every year. And you know, art is one of those mediums that I don't think is appreciated a lot in modern day, um, which it kind of saddens me because it's such a huge part of, you know, human history. Uh, but regardless, I think this is an entire celebration of it. And they don't just celebrate the idea of art when it comes to painting a picture. They're celebrating performance art with the Broadway shows. They're celebrating culinary art with some of the most unique dishes you've ever seen. So it's very cool because they're trying to celebrate multiple mediums of art. And there's so many artists around the globe. And I, I know for me, I always grew up in a culture where like people who went to art school, people would be like, oh, you don't want to go get a job someday. Like, what are you doing? And I think that's, I, I always hated hearing things like that because especially in the world of Disney, we are supposed to follow your dreams, okay? You're supposed to go after what you love to do. And if you don't make it, at least you tried, you know? So it, it's, it sounds, it sounds corny when I say things like that, but I love how there's a festival for something like this that celebrates such a unique pastime that has existed since, I don't know, humans first came about. So it's, it's amazing. And frankly, some of the artwork is incredible. But when I think about Festival of the Arts, when I like, when the first thing that comes to mind, obviously there are so many art booths around World Showcase, right? As you're walking around, love that. Uh, but one of the things that has grown in popularity over the years that continues to get more and more popular is the chalk art, Alyssa. That's something that people really, really love. And for those of you who don't know a lot about the chalk art, essentially as you're entering into World Showcase, there are these incredible artists who literally are putting together like canvases of Disney scenes, Disney characters, completely in shock. And you think it, like... Picture yourself being a child with a piece of chalk and like how proud you were of like drawing a smiley face. Like mm -hmm. it kind of blows your mind when you see some of this stuff. And every single year I go to Festival of the Arts, I always stop for a second and just admire a lot of that. I don't, I'm not sure if you agree, but I always find that stuff really amazing. 
I love the chalk art. I always feel really bad when it rains. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Because when it rains, the chalk art just gets, you know, sort of washed away. Um, but I agree. It to, Literally, it's on the side. It's on the, the cement. This isn't, yeah. you know, like they're literally, and they're works of art. And people come and they take pictures and um, of their, of the chalk art. Oh, I think it's absolutely amazing. It's on both sides of the, um, you know, the, the walk over to world showcase. Um, I totally agree, um, that it's a very, very special thing, um, that it really, I think it's almost like the, the walkway to the festival. It's like the beginning of what you're about to experience at the world showcase yeah. with the booths and the food. It's like the first thing that you get to experience, um, which is really, really cool. So yes, I, I'm a big fan. The talent at this festival, I agree with you, Jared, whether it's, you know, um, painting, chalk art, culinary art, musical art, the talent is mind blowing with what is there at this festival year after year. Yeah. Uh, it's truly amazing. And by the way, there's also sculptures. Um, yeah. I know up by um, uh, Creations, mm -hmm. they usually have some areas um, over kind of by the playground area where they have beautiful sculptures. I mean, I'm talking gorgeous Disney sculptures and coastal sculptures. And um, just the, the, the talent is, is mind-blowing. truly is. So even if you're not going to buy anything... It's really cool just yeah, to I, see what's there. It's almost like just, you know, just shopping around, knowing that maybe I'm not going to spend $5,000 on a sculpture, but wow, that is so beautiful. Yeah, it, it's it's really, for me, it it's kind of mirrors the idea of, you know, Flower and Garden Festival in the sense where it's like such a beautiful time to visit Epcot, obviously for a completely different reason, but, you know, this is the time of year where I like to take my time the most when it comes to walking around World Showcase because you just want to go into each little booth and meet the artists. And oftentimes the artists are right there. They want to talk to you, explain to you their process and how they recorded such amazing works of art. Um, yeah, they'll they'll sign things for you. It's it's amazing. So so between that, but also I guess for me, the thing that I think about the most when it comes to, you know, walking around World Showcase, when it comes to all of this art that is displayed, I often think about, you know, um, you know, guests who are really seeing the festival for the first time because again it's it's fairly newer um and guests who again love art and love broadway and love all these mediums that aren't you know as <laughs> celebrated to the general public the way that i don't know sports are or movies are you know there's because think of how many incredibly huge fans there are of Broadway. And I remember being in college. I was a theater minor in college. A lot of people don't know that. And when I was a theater minor, I remember it, it, you meet all these people who study theater and you think to yourself, like, there's all these common tropes, right? All these people are like, oh, you're studying theater. What are you, what are you doing? And like, you meet all these wonderful people who are just trying to pursue their passions and they celebrate Broadway like never before at this festival. And that's what I wanted to talk about next because yeah. 
it's really amazing what they do in terms of the Disney on Broadway concert series. So I wanted to talk about that here briefly and explain what that is, because obviously we have Candlelight Processional on the American Gardens Theater stage during the Festival of the Holidays. We have the Sing to the Beat concert, um, you know, during the um, during the Food and Wine Festival, the, uh, you know, the whole um, remind me of the Flower and Garden version of that. There's the there's the. There's a whole nother, the Garden Rock series. There it is. Sorry, guys. Brain Rocks, trying to yeah. turn on here. Uh, but yeah, so there's there's all these different, you know, performances as the year goes on. But this entire festival does strictly Broadway performances, which is very cool because even if you're not particularly into Broadway or that style of shows, I highly recommend stopping to see this because you're getting a close-up look at how these, especially Disney Broadway performances you know, go about this. For example, January 12th, 14th, 15th, 18th, 20th, 22nd, and 23rd, you have Cassie Levy and Patty Murren, who uh, did Broadway performances of Frozen. Um, after the, outside of that, you have people coming here to perform who've performed for Mary Poppins and Beauty and the Beast and, you know, Tarzan and Lion King. And, you know, so it's very cool because you're getting to see um, performers who aren't just like, you know, done it, done a few things. We're talking about performers who've actually performed Disney Broadway shows in Broadway in New York City. Like, you know, so it's very cool. You're you're getting really, I guess, a free show more than anything for, you know, it's included in your ticket that normally people would pay a lot of money to go see some of these people. So pretty cool, pretty cool experience. And, and I'm, I'm very glad that the whole Broadway uh, show, yep, uh, sure. you know, experience exists. You know, another thing I wanted to talk about, uh, Alyssa, while we're on the, you know, sort of topic of entertainment, um, you also have visual art in performance. Um, oftentimes this will happen Thursday through Sunday. This will happen at the World Showcase Plaza, uh, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Basically, behold a high energy onstage performance by a guest visual artist painting a favorite Disney characters in just minutes. Um, you know, so music is going on and an artist is painting a great Disney character in minutes in real time. Very, very cool to watch. Um, beyond that, there's several other uh, incredible performances, such as like Art Defying Gravity, uh, where you're seeing, you know, people way above, way, way above where they should re realistically be gravity wise uh, in real time. Very cool. Um, so, you know, I think the performance and the entertainment side of this festival is almost underrated is what I'm trying to say, Alyssa. Oh, absolutely. And and again, you know, I like that you sort of take that spin on what it is, because I think I'm guilty of it, too. You know, I think about the artists and the booths and, you know, the chalk art and things like that. But they're really the performances are absolutely a big part. And if I'm not mistaken, and I don't know if they do this anymore. Tell me one way or the other. But I remember uh, they even had like culinary um, classes. Um, and I don't know if that's a different festival, maybe, I don't even know, but like where you can actually learn from certain chefs. Is that a different festival altogether? That I believe they've done things like that for food and wine festival before, but I do know that they do. Oh, maybe that's uh, it. Okay. Well, know, like, well you mentioned culinary and arts this. and I feel like there's still, yeah. yes, like the, the classes with like culinary as well. So I, I forgive me for getting all the, the, 
you know, things make the festivals mix up, but still, like you said, there, the culinary arts is definitely showcased and highlighted with this festival as well. Yeah, I, to sure. I totally agree. And, you know, I think what's, what's especially unique about this festival too, is that, um, it really, it, it excites a lot of kids out there, whether they're, whether they love art or are involved in their own art classes, that's another story, but there's an entire section for kids to make their own chalk art, which I think is really cute. Uh, and they also have, um, you know, an entire mural that lots of people love to partake in every year where you go and paint your one little square. Uh, and <laughs> you know, you get your paintbrush, paint your one little square. And by the end of it, it turns into a giant figment mural and it's a very cool experience. So I always love that. Um, but I would be remiss if we didn't talk about one of the big things for this year's festival. And that is this year's popcorn bucket, which is already being, you know, talked about and people are freaking out about. Look, it's no secret, okay? A few years ago, we had the biggest popcorn bucket in Disney history with the figment bucket. I mean, we had lines that span five hours. We had people selling those buckets on eBay on the first day for three, four hundred dollars. I mean, it was a it was a crazy time period. It's funny to think back on it now. Um, but regardless of all of that. I guess the reason I'm bringing this up is now we have another popcorn bucket that seems to be close to, if not just as hyped up as that one. Now, will we see five, six hour lines? I hope not, because I'd like to believe Disney's probably going to do a better job at handling that this time around. They've they've been through this before. Now they're like, okay, uh, maybe maybe we learn from last time and, and find multiple lines or virtual queues and ways to figure this out. But I will say this, Alyssa. We are seeing a lot of excitement. The, the popcorn bucket literally is labeled after the Imagination Pavilion. You have figment on it. It lights up and it comes with rainbow popcorn to really celebrate the arts festival and figment. So look, there's a large fandom for figment. There's a large fandom for this kind of stuff. I'm very curious to see what kind of lines we're going to be seeing for this festival. Um, in fact, while you're listening to it right now, uh, the Mickey blog team is probably going to be in the middle of dealing with it, but regardless, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be hectic. That's for sure. It's going to be huge. I have to say one thing though, Jared, and I don't know if you're going to agree with me or not. I was there that day. I'm sure, you know, as were you for that drop of the first year, because that yep. was bigger than the second year. Um, oh, yeah. you know, they had the, the figment back. It wasn't as. It was a little bit more of like a, yeah, don't we all have that? You know, like it, it wasn't as big. The first year was insane. And I remember going there and just thinking it's a popcorn bucket. Like, right. Like we, they release popcorn <laughs> buckets all the time. Yeah. It might be a little line. Uh, yeah. Well, that wasn't the case. And I'm going to disagree with you, Jared, respectfully. There was no five hour lines the first day. The lines were at least 10 hours. And if anyone can kind of picture Epcot. Oh boy. The way, where the booth was is close to, um, oh gosh, I mean, uh, what's that? I'm trying to think of where, where the old Starbucks was, which is now the, the Dole Whip. I can't think of the name. I'm sorry. It's like making me crazy. Uh, Swirl, Swirl Showcase. Swirl Showcase. Okay. That line literally snaked all through different parts of Epcot, all the way beyond Test Track hours um and the crazy part about it is if i can share this and jared hopefully you remember this it was also the same booth that had the tomato soup 
and grilled cheese. Yep. And if you just wanted tomato soup and grilled cheese, you need to go to Publix and go pick up some bread, some cheese, and a can of, of you know, Campbell's tomato soup. Because to wait in line for, like, imagine if you just wanted tomato soup and, and that was the same line, by the way. They didn't separate the line for the food versus the popcorn bucket. Anyway, um, people were wearing their, because you could get up to two, they were wearing them like they were literally like Olympic gold medals. They had them crisscross. People were just wearing them like it was crazy. But I want to say one thing that Jared, and tell me if you agree with me. Um, it was insanity that day. But I also think Disney kind of liked it. Because it it gave it, it, it gave a narrative to yeah. the oh my gosh, like this is bigger than big. Do you do you follow where my my logic is with that? Well, yeah, I mean, it's no secret that I think Disney, at, at, you know, whether we, whether the general public wants to agree with it or not is another story. But I don't think it's any secret that when, uh, you know, there's five, six, seven hours waiting for a line, there's people somewhere in Disney's PR and Disney's media that is kind of smiling a little bit because they're thinking to themselves like, oh, my gosh, look at all these eyes, because Clicks are clicks, right? And, you know, whether people like that or not, people going on Twitter and saying, oh my gosh, this line is ridiculous. If that's getting a thousand shares, whether they're saying something positive or negative, it's still a thousand shares. And it's bringing eyes to it. It's bringing eyes all to this. I think that, you know, I agree with you. I think Disney should have learned from that. I think this bucket has the potential to be every bit as significant. And every bit as popular as the first year that the Figment Bucket came out, which none of us were prepared for. I mean, were you? I wasn't. No. Not, not prepared for that. Um, I think people, in my opinion, are expecting it to be as big. So I think there's people that are going to run. I, I can tell you that morning, people ran. Like, it was like the running of the bulls. I was mm -hmm. afraid for my myself. Um, I think that's going to happen again this festival. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see, does Disney want that craziness, right? Like where it's like, people are like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I remember, um, I was in line for the popcorn bucket and Greg did a filming of the line. And I was probably was about 25 people back, which by the way, was it pretty good? It took him over five minutes to walk the line to the end. So the thing about it is, does Disney want to see that again and get all that like, woo, or are they going to be, you know what, let's make this easier for our guests and do a virtual queue. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they're going to want to be more prepared, which is what I said earlier. That's something I already mentioned, but you know, I, it wouldn't shock me at all that Disney is going to be far more prepared for whatever comes their way for something like this. Sometimes you got to experience the first night of Jollywood to get the rest of the nights of Jollywood. If you catch my drift, you know, things they, they learn as they do things and, and, you know, they're going to, you know, we got to cut Disney some slack with things like that. Not everything they're going to be fully prepared for because certain things are brand new you know and at that time we've never seen a popcorn bucket be that popular before it just never happened so uh you know i'm curious to see how it all goes tomorrow i personally think it'll it'll go a lot better but regardless um you know 
this is one thing that I just never really fully understood or really wrapped my head around is how popular popcorn buckets really are. And uh, in the entire, you know, Disney, Disney fandom, look, I, I think popcorn's amazing. And I think some of these popcorn buckets are incredibly themed. Um, but 10 hours is 10 hours of your life. So it's, it's incredible what happened during that year, Alyssa. And I'm just very curious to see how things go this time around, but make no mistake, Mickey blog will be covering the new popcorn bucket and you can see plenty of photos, videos, and all of it when we do, uh, it's obviously going to be very exciting. Um, you know, so, so yeah, regardless, um, I wanted to, uh, sort of jump and, and shift gears a little bit into the second half of our show. Before I do, I do want to mention, as I always like to mention, that this episode of the Mickey Bod Podcast is brought to you and sponsored by Mickey Travels. Mickey Travels is a nationally recognized leader in Disney vacation planning. They are diamond earmarked by Disney and their services are always 100% free. Reach out to Mickey Travels today for a free quote on your Disney vacation at MickeyTravels.com. That's Mickey Travels dot com making magic one vacation at a time now when i say diamond earmarked that is the second year in a row now that uh that has been given that designation and this is the first time i've gotten to speak to Alyssa about that so i did want to briefly touch upon that with you how excited are you uh for your team over at mickey travels and and the entire group that uh disney has gotten uh has uh you know given mickey travels that designation i mean so proud. Um, you know, it is a really big deal that um, Mickey Travels has earned the diamond status for the second year in a row. Um, there are very, very few agencies that hold that status. We owe that to our incredible agents, our incredible clients. Um, you know, just couldn't do it without the the big group. And I, and I have to say also, our Mickey blog family has really, really helped to provide great content for our agents to share with their clients as well. So we are excited. Um, we are so excited about 2024, not only with, as you mentioned, Mickey blog, but certainly with Mickey travels. Um, and we really do hope that, you know, there's so many exciting things for 2024. And I know we've talked about it, you know, no more park reservations, um, you know, all day park hopping, the dining plans are back. I mean, these are big things people have been waiting for. Um, it's a great year. Uh, the Disney treasure is, will be on its maiden voyage at the end of 2024. Um, Lighthouse Point is going to open up uh, for a preview in June. A lot of really exciting um, Disney destination. They, all I can say is reach out to Mickey Travels. They are the best agents in the industry. They care more about their their clients' trips than you know, certainly as their own. Um, so please, you know, we're, we're diamond for a reason because our customer service is the best. Yeah. I think it's very special. Um, you know, I've, I've spoken, um, already, uh, one time about the diamond status on, on the last episode and, and David Mumpower said some nice words as well. And, and I just think that, uh, you know, when it comes to planning your Disney vacation, you know, you want to go to the best, right? You know, and, and you want to make sure your family has the best time. And, and the diamond earmark status gives Mickey travels that designation of being amongst the very best in, in the world, really at planning Disney 
destination vacations. I mean, so so whenever you're thinking about planning your next Disney trip, uh, whether it is to Walt Disney World or Disneyland or other Disney destinations like Disney Cruise Line and Olani and Ventures by Disney, then you reach out to our friends over at Mickey Travels and they can help you um, and uh, and plan that magical trip for you. But yes, let's shift gears back to the festival because I want to talk about food a little bit next year. We have a lot of food coming this way uh, when it comes to the amazing um, Festival of the Arts. And, uh, you know, I think uh, I think there's going to be a lot of, let's just say, colorful food, okay? Because, man, I am looking at the, uh, <laughs> I'm looking at some of the uh, food items to come. And what amazes me about this festival every single year is that, again, they do put a focus on how to, um, you know, how to make a festival quite literally be artistic uh, in their culinary as well. It's not just about, you know, it, an artistic point of view with the paint uh, and the, the painting and the art and things of that nature. I mean, we're talking about a fully artistic festival uh, from a culinary standpoint. Um, so I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Obviously, you have a lot of things that are unique, such as deconstructed dishes and you know, very artistic points of view uh, from a culinary perspective. Big celebration on figment, things like the figment, um, you know, milkshake and, and uh, you know, uh, rainbow cake and things of that nature. Uh, people are going to be very excited for, obviously. Um, and we already mentioned the popcorn bucket. But, you know, I think it's just it's another underrated sort of aspect of this festival is being able to sort of um, you know, enjoy culinary in a more artistic, uh, you know, way. Uh, there are some personal favorites that people really love, such as the red wine braised beef short rib and the deconstructed key lime pie. Um, and there's also some premiering dishes this year, like the Neapolitan dessert trio and the grilled pork belly and, you know, things like that. So there's, there's lots of ex things to be excited for when it comes to the food at the Festival of the Arts. And, and um, you know, Epcot is just so lively when there's a festival because you're walking around and it's literally impossible to go hungry or thirsty because you can't take more than 50 steps before the next booth or next thing is within your sight line um, and, and there's more offerings. So, so yeah, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, the sort of food and culinary offerings, Alyssa? I mean, like every festival, you know, the food is a huge part of, you know, any festival. Um, but I do agree with you. I think there's unique offerings. Uh, I think each festival has unique offerings, but um, I specifically think that you know, they, they put an artistic spin on on this festival for sure. Um, I, I was laughing when you mentioned about like a figment milkshake because I keep remembering about the pickle milkshake. Um, yeah. That was really interesting you know um no more pickle milkshake we're done with that um but yeah i actually <clears throat> i love the fact that um a lot of times people will get those um coiled gift card wristbandy things i wouldn't know what you call them but you know they're little gift cards that hang off of a little coiled sort of thing that wraps around your your wrist um and that's a really great tip by the way is to load up that little gift card and then you just kind of use it as you go along to each of the booths and get your drinks, get your food. Um, they have those at most of the festival markets. 
Um, and even to be honest with you, um, they also have them, um, you know, I believe in uh, creations really all throughout, you know, the, the festival, but it's a really great convenient way to just kind of go from booth to booth and kind of sample things. Um, what's nice about this, like all the festivals is they're, they're, I guess you would call them little plates. So everything is just sort of bite-sized. You can taste it. You don't feel overwhelmed because you do want to eat your way around, you know, the festival. So I think that it's kind of nice that you're not having a big meal. You're just kind of, I mean, trust me, you'll be full at the end uh, when you try it all. But yeah, you, know, you can go from booth to booth and decide. Most times, Jared, I don't know about you, I don't necessarily like all the options at every booth. So you kind of get to pick and choose. Um, and, you know, maybe there's one thing at this booth. And, you know, a lot of times what I do is I will look at the foodie guide ahead of time to kind of get an idea of what there is. And I kind of have a mental game plan of where I want to go. I'm, I want to try this here and I want to try this here. And, you know, before you know it, I've eaten a lot, but um, that's kind of fun. And then you can sort of, you know, you can see what other people are eating if it looks good. Anyway, it's the food is a huge part of the festival. And I think they do a great job with bringing in the, the artistic nature of the festival with the stylistics of the food as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a celebration of figment, of course, and, you know, and more uh, rainbows and purple colored, uh, you know, food items, the grape figment smoothie, uh, for example, you know, there's a lot of uh, fun dishes like that. Um, but, you know, there's also very, you know, I don't want people to think as we're talking like, okay, so I'm just going to go there and eat a bunch of food dye. Like, no, there's there's normal food, I promise. It's just very, it, it's all about the presentation, right? Okay, so they're not going to just give you a cookie. They'll give you a cookie that looks like a paint palette, you know? And it's very cool because it's obviously very picturesque. Possibly the most picturesque of all the festivals when it comes to taking pictures of your food um, or taking pictures, you know, really in general because there's so much art around you. Um, obviously, uh, the Flower and Garden Festival is another very picturesque festival. So, I mean, it, it's hard it's hard not to just really enjoy, um, you know, the food at every single festival. And as Alyssa mentioned, one of the best things about it is is really the portion sizes and the price points. And, you know, they're offering things for, yeah, four to eight dollars, um, but they're very small portions. And that's for a reason, because you're trying something and then you're moving on to the next one. And then you're trying something and you're moving on to the next one. Um, you know, for for starters, I do want to mention that the tomato soup and grilled cheese is back. That's another one that lots of people really loved. I know Alyssa mentioned that earlier. Um, and there's there's so many fun, you know, booths. The Painted Panda, for example, in China, is a very popular one. Um, you know, and as you walk around, you're going to see, obviously, as there is for every festival, unique food offerings from each part of the world you know so if you're going to the you know festival or the you know festival of the arts booth in france you're going to see a lot of french-based food uh presented in a very artistic fashion so they are still mixing that idea of like cultural um sides of the world um and that's another side of this festival that i really love Alyssa, because as you walk around the country you're seeing different uh parts of the countries kind of present their art style Right. Because different countries and different parts of the world, you know, perform their art differently. They're, the art in Japan looks naturally different than the art in Italy, just like the food does. And, 
you know, so it, you're almost learning a completely new side of the culture in each of these countries as well, which I think is, it's very fun. I mean, again, what's so great about this festival is it's, a, it's celebrating, um, you know, a very important part of human culture, which is art. Um, and there's many forms of art, not just, not just painting a picture. Um, there's, you know, there's Broadway and there's, there's performance art. There's, you know, there's culinary art. Um, you know, a very good chef who presents a dish well, uh, to me is an artist. I mean, so, you know, it's, it's really cool how they celebrate all of this and the, the food is no real exception to that. Um, there's also a few other things I wanted to mention about this festival. Um, for example, uh, there's, there's really fun, um, activities you can partake in such as, you know, scavenger hunts around, uh, world showcase, uh, you know, there's things such as the uh, expression selection. This is a paint by numbers mural. We mentioned that earlier. Uh, wonderful walk of colorful cuisine is another fun one. The figments brush with the masters. That's the figment scavenger hunt um, where, you know, he is, uh, figment is scattered around world showcase with a paintbrush and you got to find and you get a prize at the end. Very fun. Um, the Animation Academy, the Artful Photo Ops that you can uh, use with your memory maker um, and things of that nature. But uh, I wanted to briefly mention the wonderful walk of colorful cuisine because essentially each Epcot festival traditionally has some kind of activity, basically guides you through eating around the world. And for Festival of the Arts, it's the wonderful walk of colorful cuisine. And basically what this means is it tasks you with purchasing five specific items around at various booths uh, for Food and Wine Festival. Many of you will remember this as Emile's Fromage Montage. Uh, and as you get these various items across World Showcase, you'll receive a stamp uh, on your festival passport. And as you get five stamps, you can take your festival passport to Deco Delights and claim your prize. Um, and that is the Artist Palette Cookie, by the way. Um, at least it has been. So. Um, very, very cool. Uh, love that artist palette cookie, Alyssa. It's like the most photogenic cookie there is. Um, so very, very cool, a little activity, uh, that I wanted to sort of shout out real quick, but let's talk a little bit about some pro tips about these, this festival before we wrap up today's episode. Um, I want to mention a few personal pro tips from Alyssa and I directly on how we would like to recommend you go about a festival day or a successful pe festival day. Um, as always, when Alyssa and I like to mention um, recommendations, I want to mention that, um, you know, everybody's different, right? So you might listen to my suggestions and be like, I'm not doing any of that. I'm not going to get offended. That's okay. Uh, I'm just giving out my personal tips, pro tips, suggestions as uh, someone who covers the Disney parks full-time and, and Alyssa who uh, covers the Disney parks full-time, but also plans uh, many, many Disney vacations uh, yearly and has for a long time. So my first pro tip, Alyssa, uh, which I think you're going to agree with, get a festival passport, okay? And get it right away uh, because you're going to want that throughout your entire day. I'll give this suggestion for the other three festivals when we do episodes on that later this year. I promise you, you want a festival passport. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm guessing you're going to agree with that one. I said to you before, that's the guide to where I want to go and eat and drink. And what I, you know, I like to be able, 
sometimes it's really, it's, they're crowded at the booths to be able to see what food they have or what offerings they have. So a lot of times I just, I don't want to just go up to a booth and say, oh, okay, hold on. Then you're trying to squeeze in to see what they have. I want to kind of have a game plan and know that I want to eat this at this booth or drink that at that booth. So the festival passport and also beyond the food, it tells you where, you know, t- show times of, you know, the, the performances, um, it tells you all kinds of great things. So the festival, the passport, uh, is free. If anyone's curious, um, they're at the front of the parks. Um, so I would definitely grab, I usually grab a couple, um, cause they're, they're kind of cute. Um, so yes, I would agree. That is, um, you know, a great tip. And I would just say really for anybody, and I'd say this for any festival is to have a game plan, you know, especially, mm-hmm. you know, being a shorter festival, um, it's, going, people want to experience it. So the crowds are going to be a little higher, especially in the beginning. Um, so, you know, kind of go into it with a game plan of this is what I want to see. This is what I want to eat. This is, you know, these, the artists I want to, you know, experience. Obviously you can take a stroll around and not have a plan. Um, I really, like I said, my plan is more about food. The rest of it, I kind of wing, like, I just want to see artists and go into different booths and things like that. But food wise, I usually have a game plan of kind of what I want to eat, what I want to drink. And then this is where I want to go for that. Yeah. I I think that's excellent advice. Um, You know, another piece of advice that I've given for, for previous festivals is to show up early. Um, Early bird gets the worm as they say. Um, But also plan accordingly with your day. I mean, I'm not going to tell you like you're not going to have a successful day if you show up at 11 instead of eight. Um, That's not what I'm trying to say is just plan your day accordingly because a a reminder that most people need to be reminded of when it comes to Epcot in general, not just the festivals. And I'm saying this because I've seen people in real time many, many times go up to guest relations at Epcot. Mm -hmm. Why aren't the, why aren't the booths open? Why, why aren't the booths, the booths don't open and world showcase doesn't really get going until 11 o'clock. Okay. So if you're going to show up earlier in the morning, the reason I suggest that is because you do have a few hour window to go catch some rides, go catch, go coffee at, at connections, go to Starbucks, yeah. grab that, grab that coffee and, you know, you know, figure out your day. And I, so I, always, we've always said that when we say the perfect day series, you got to start with your Starbucks or your Joffrey's. And speaking of Joffrey's, that's, I'm glad you brought that up, Alyssa. Joffrey's does do unique festival offerings. Um, there's four Joffrey locations at Epcot. This is the only park that has four locations. Um, with that being said, there are unique Joffrey offerings at each of these uh, locations that are special for Festival of the Arts. So be sure to stop by those locations. There's one by Mission Space. There is one by Canada. There's one in the American Pavilion. Um, so, you know, as you're walking around and you're stopping at these Joffrey stands, um, and there's one even at the entrance really to World Showcase as you head towards Mexico, um, you can stop by and try some of the unique Joffrey options as well. So, so yeah, as, as Alyssa and I were just saying, being there early does give you the ability to sort of either take two routes here, which is the calmer route which Alyssa just suggested, which is go get your coffee, take your time, walk around a little bit, get yourself settled, do your shopping if you want to shop a little bit, Um, which, by the way, there will be festival-specific merchandise. Uh, We didn't even really talk about that all that much, but there will be festival-specific merchandise. Um, And then as you go about that and as you do that, um, that's the calmer version 
of getting there before 11, because then you could be like, okay, now let's go enjoy the festival at 11 o'clock. However, there's the other option. And I like to call this the, the, the crazier option, the, the, uh, the, the Jared, Jared way. Um, I'm trying to relax on this kind of way because, you know, I've been to Disney a few times now, but you could show up early and get on as many rides as you want. Um, and as quickly as you can, because then when the festival comes around, people are headed to world showcase, you know? So you want to go enjoy the festival, especially with how long the lines can get for those festival booths. Um, so yeah, with that, with that being said, I mean, is there any other pieces of advice, any sort of tips, tricks, or anything you'd really like to say more on Festival of the Arts, Alyssa? Festival of the Arts, just like any other festival, you know, go enjoy it, soak it in, um, you know, put your patience pants on because festivals are, you know, crowded times at Epcot, but um, it is really, really fun. I would say if you get an opportunity to experience Festival of the Arts, you know, let a Mickey Travels agent help you get there. Um, like, I, like I said, lots of reasons for visiting Disney in 2024. Obviously, the the, fe the festivals coming this year are a big reason. Uh, but yeah, I would just say enjoy it. You know, soak it all in. Eat good food. Drink, you know, lots of you know great drinks. Enjoy the booths with the artists. You know, take some time to see what they have to offer, whether you're just browsing or purchasing. Um, you know, go see the chalk art. You know, go paint your little square, you know, a figment. Just do all the things. Immerse yourself in the festival because um, it's short-lived. Before you know it, everything will be down for the Festival of the Arts and everything's going to be getting ready for Flower and Garden. So enjoy it, savor it, and... Um, that's the biggest tip that I can say. Just enjoy it. It's a wonderful, wonderful festival. And we're excited. Mickey Bob is going to bring all the details to you guys. We absolutely will. So make sure to follow along. Of course, you can follow along with us on the website if you head to mickeyblog.com. But beyond that, you can follow along with us on social media where we share multiple posts a day in real time. Uh, the minute a new pair of ears is out, we're sharing it with you. Um, and tomorrow, or really today when this episode is airing, uh, is no exception. Um, Festival of the Arts is no exception. So and Jared, follow us we on might this. even be doing a giveaway. We might be. Instagram is not confirming our... anything either way, but stay tuned because there might be a big giveaway that's directly related to this festival. There could be. And we're not confirming or denying this, but there might maybe, or may maybe not, not be. We'll see. Uh, but either way, head over to uh, our Mickey Blog Instagram page where you can follow us for all things Disney, but you know, enter in these giveaways because. We have hosted many giveaways in the past, and there will be many more in the future. Um, so, and all you have to do to enter really typically is a few, few things. So just head over to the Mickey Blog Instagram page to check that out. But you can follow us also on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, um, and all over social media. We have videos coming out weekly on YouTube, and this podcast can be supported by listening to it on any audio platform that you prefer. Or you can watch us in real time over on the YouTube channel. So you can head over to the MickeyBlog.com YouTube channel to watch every single episode. But the MickeyBlog podcast airs every single Friday with new episodes. We got lots of exciting episodes on the horizon here in 2024. Thank you so much for making 
the podcast uh, completely five-star reviewed across Apple Podcasts. And thank you so much for supporting the show. Since its start, we can't wait for another year of fun episodes and many more alongside Alyssa uh, until eventually she gets sick of me. And it's just like, Jared, just do it on your own. But, you know, uh, we'll see. We'll see how long that takes. Uh, so thank you so much to everybody who tuned in today. We can't wait to see you next week on another edition of the Mickey Bob Podcast. And have a magical rest of your day.